0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're reviewing the 2022 wide receiver rookie class. And in this episode, we're talking Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. It's Dave and Curtis. On RotoViz Radio.
2: What's up, RotoViz?
1: Hey, welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin, and we are transitioning into off season content mode. That probably deserves a drop. What do you got?
2: Mm, how about?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. That's a little jive. Yeah, I think the listeners love it when we just uh fly by the seat of our pants uh and figure it out. Um yeah, I mean it's off season mode. We're gonna we're gonna be looking at some of the you know regular season trends amongst the rookies you know, maybe second year players that, you know, didn't play a lot in their first year settling out the dynasty ranks. We're going to be veering hard into rookie content uh, for 2023 in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, But we want to start man with the cream of the crop. We're looking at wide receivers and we're talking Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, a couple of former Ohio state Buckeyes who really came into the league made their mark. I mean, you know, two of a, a, very small handful of receivers uh, in the past decade or so, to post a thousand receiving yards in the in the rookie season, and I mean, I know Dave's fully equipped with the Rotoviz screener and some other historical context tools, and I'm going to run you through a couple of the you know the big games that maybe give us a peek at you know what future upside scenarios could look like for either of these players. So, Dave, I'll I'll pass the ball to you, man. I don't know where you want to start. We're going to talk about both these guys tonight, and I'll let you have your pick.
2: Yeah, let's just start with. Olave, and I think I want to start there uh, for two main reasons. The first being heading into the year, I think that um, more people were concerned about him maybe having a slower start in comparison to some other of these rookies, but pretty early on, we got a nice big game from Olave. And the second reason, Curtis, is when you actually start looking into Where the receivers from this year's rookie class finished in comparison to wide receivers from other years, Olave is the most impressive. So Mm -hmm. I went into the Rotovis screener. I did a search for all wide receivers from the year 2000 and on. Uh, I gathered some stats, spit those out of the screener, then I filtered out players that did not see at least 25 targets in their rookie season that left me with around 339 wide receivers and i wanted to make um things a little more a little more comparable so i only pulled from weeks one through 17 as a lot of the wide receivers that uh, are included in this sample naturally only had till week 17 also broke things out onto a per-game basis. So that is the sample of players we're looking at here. Olave, he put up 67 receptions on a per-game basis, Curtis. That was 4.8 receptions, which is the 15th highest among all rookies that we've seen since 2000. Uh, He also put up 7.6 targets per game, 70 yards per game had a 23% target market share. Uh, To put these into a little bit more perspective, the yards per game put him at 12. The targets per game put him down at 26. The market share per game puts him in at 16. Those are all very impressive numbers. As you mentioned, the thousand yard season, uh, that puts him in at um you know around 17. Basically, where I'm going with this is the majority of those just typical stats that we would look at for Chris Olave after his first year put him in the top 20. And this gets him in there. Uh, like if you look at yards, right? And you look at yards per game. This gets him in a list with players that includes Odell Beckham, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Anquan Bolden, Julio Jones, Marcus Colston, Michael Thomas, Michael Clayton, Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Jalen Waddell, A.J. Brown. I mean, this is quite a list to be included in.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, other than uh, Michael Clayton. I don't. I didn't hear any names of guys that just turned into pumpkins overnight. Right. Um, so you know, I think it's pretty. You know, this, this goes back to, you know, one of my favorite pieces that I've done uh, at of you know, if it uh, if it looks like a duck, Dave. You know, and he kind of yeah. kind of looks like a duck, man. Like all those other players, you know, they just they were fantasy relevant or or continue to be fantasy relevant for, you know, many seasons to come, and so. You know, from like a dynasty perspective, Olave is a, a great investment. You know, we we haven't really talked about is is the team situation and the team context moving forward. You know, he managed to do this uh, on a squad where you know, he's working with Jameis Winston for a couple games and Andy Dalton for the balance of the season. Yep. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about you know the beginning of the year and people having maybe some tempered expectations, and that's because at the beginning of the year we thought, hey, this guy's going to be vying for targets in a wide receiver core that's, you know, dominated by yep. Michael Thomas, who's finally back, and then you know, Jarvis Landry, if he's healthy, you know, two of the most productive receivers, you know, of the past decade, you know, really by any account, uh, especially for, for Landry and then, you know, Thomas in a, a smaller sample size of seasons. And, you know, the cream rises and, you know, the, the age caught up, you know, with both of those guys uh, from an injury perspective as well. And, you know, Lave just proved to be the most talented wide receiver uh, and most available wide receiver in the Saints offense, you know, and that, that's why he's able to accumulate those stats. I mean, there's so many other ways that we could, you know, highlight his effectiveness and then also highlight his role and why we ought to be excited about him taking another step forward, you know, in the next season or two, you know, the easy thing would be, hey, you know, the, the Saints are probably going to try to upgrade the quarterback position. You know, sometimes that can mean a step back before it's a step forward, but, you know, improve quarterback play would potentially launch Olave, you know, forward, you know, in a big way to another tier. But talk a little bit about how he was used. You know, sixth amongst all wide receivers in air yards, um, despite being just twentieth in targets. You know, and and that's driven by being wide receiver eight in terms of air yards per target at fourteen point two. You know, really impressive number. It immediately used as a downfield weapon, and you can see it highlighted by, you know, if if he were to get paired with a quarterback, Dave with a, a big arm, you know, like Jameis Winston, it's really exciting to think about, you know, the possibilities. In the three games that Olave got with Winston this year, uh, which were earlier in the season, um, he averaged 15.27 PPR. Uh, he was pacing for 1,519 receiving yards, uh, and he was pacing for 260 PPR, and that's with no touchdowns in those three games. Uh, was averaging almost 10 targets a game. You know, when, when we switch over to the pop gun, Andy Dalton scenario, you know, he's still averaging over 13 PPR per game, but you know, the receptions drop by a reception a game, you know, the targets drop by over two a game and the yardage drops by 25 yards a game. Wow. So uh, it pretty significant. That, that, and, that
2: 25 is actually, yeah. a, that's a huge number.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging 89 yards a game in those three with, with Winston. And you know, I think that a lot of that was carried by that explosion he had in week three you know, with Winston, but, you know, we're not, we're not talking about a single game, you know, we're talking about that game, you know, averaged in, you know, with the rest of what happened in September for Olave. So, you know, it when you think about, you know, the pairing that he had with Justin Fields at Ohio state, I mean, it's very clear, like the best scenario for Chris Olave would be for a big time arm yeah. uh, to land with him and in, in new Orleans. But the cool thing is, as he's proven that he can still be super productive for fantasy purposes with more of a game manager type like Andy Dalton. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Olave ends up at wide receiver 26 in PPR per game. He was wide receiver 26 in expected points per game. Um, you know, I mean, he, he did exactly what he should have done, you know, on those targets. He ended up slightly positive from a a fantasy efficiency standpoint with 16.3 fantasy points over expectation. And, uh, yeah, I just really can't say enough about it. You know, when you go back, I guess the last thing that I would add uh, before I ask you to respond to any of this stuff that I'm uh, spitting here, you go back to the prospect box score scout after the first year. It's kind of fun to to see what has happened um, and, uh, and and whether or not some of these sims that, that you know, rise to the top of the rookie prospect evaluation process the prior year, which types of sims play out, you know, and what was kind of cool is Olave and Wilson were the top sims for each other in the tool uh, coming in. But you get down that list further for Olave specifically, and you see Tavon Austin, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Percy Harvin, uh, Jahan Dotson, Philip Dorsett, Kadarius Toney, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Hyatt, and Justin Jefferson. And so, you know, there's other receivers that we're going to talk about um, tonight and in upcoming shows, you know, from this class that are important to consider but you think about like the year two leap that we saw with Devonte Smith this year and you know what could potentially be possible you know could that type of leap forward be possible for Alave if he got that type of quarterback play and then then you even see something like you know the Justin Jefferson scenario um you know i i'm not going to project Alave forward to that but you know for him to show up in the top 10 sims and for Alave to to be as impressive as he was with Far inferior quarterback play to what Justin Jefferson uh, had as he was acclimating to the league. You know, I think all of that stuff is is pretty noteworthy. And I guess the last piece of context that I would throw in here, with Alvin Kamara looking like he's you know kind of fading, with all of those other receivers in in the New Orleans Saints room looking like they're kind of fading. You know, Olave does kind of set up as a player that really could just dominate target share in the next couple of years as the, the offense kind of reformats.
2: Yeah, I agree with all of those points. I think that the team context piece here that you've laid out is one of the most important things that you need to bake into this equation, because, you know, it's one thing for us to tell people based upon these numbers and where he's slating in this gets him in a group of company where more often than not, and in a pretty good, you know, margin or ratio in that, in that context, He is a guy that looks like he's going to be a wide receiver too from a fantasy perspective for years to come. But then there's also this other context where you can see things setting up to allow him to take a step forward. So that's huge. And what I really like too is when you looked at some of the expectations for him and the things that you thought he might be able to do coming out of school, he's shown some of that translating. Uh, you talked about some of the comps out of the box score scout. We also have the workout explorer where you can get comps yeah. that are generated just on a player's athletic measurables. And we saw a couple of guys like Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Steve Breston, some of these players that were very fast. And, you know, remember, Olave put up a four three nine. That's an 88th percentile 40-yard um, dash. We saw him going out there, burning guys on these deep routes, making some explosive type of plays. So you always love to see that. Then, as you mentioned, you get in a quarterback that's going to be able to let him utilize that more than an Andy Dalton. I think you can also see those touchdown numbers start to creep up. You know, it feels to me more like a guy that should be scoring six, seven touchdowns a year than three. So, you know, a really solid rookie campaign for him I mentioned some of the players that he slots in there with when you historically look where he finished from a stat perspective. If we take that a step further and we go into the road of his screener and we do a similarity search where the tool is going to look at the different variables that you select and find other players that in their rookie season put together very similar stats. The five guys behind him, I'm actually going to go a little bit more than five. Uh, I don't know exactly where I'm going to stop, but I'm going to stop eventually. You got old Andre Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, Jerry Judy, Drake London, Dwayne Bow, CD Lamb, Debo Samuel, T Higgins, Garrett Wilson, Devonta Smith, Amon Ross St. Brown, Donnie Avery, Cooper Cup, Sylvester Morris, Sammy Watkins, Kendall Wright. So even if you look at things from a different perspective here, you still see a lot of very enticing names.
1: Yeah, I mean, I—it's kind of hard to make Olave look bad, <laughs> um, no matter no matter how you approach it here. So, I—I um, I don't know what else i, I really could add uh, on Olave. You know, I've got him, I've got him right on that wide receiver dynasty wide receiver one, uh, borderline. I'm still kind of tinkering with my my startup rankings. You know, just for for context, you know, he's he's in a quintet right now. Uh, that includes uh, himself, Jamison Williams, uh, Traylon Burks, Cooper Cup, and Devonte Adams. So it's, you know, kind of uh, some of the other rookies that looked a little bit like him. And then, you know, some aging superstars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's where he's at. Um, you know, I know new Orleans isn't like the biggest media market. And so, you know, we didn't even hear as much about Olave as the other guy that we're going to talk about uh, in this episode. And, you know, sometimes those things are like important, man. It's like, you know, like a decade goes by and you barely hear about Keenan Allen in the league, you know, just because, you know, (laughs) NFL seems to be so East coast, uh, and, and really Midwest slash Northeast coast centric sometimes from a media cycle. So, um, Olave is going to cost a pretty penny, you know, like in Rotovis, Triflex, Dynasty startups, you know, you're probably talking about, you know, even in that super flex, uh, format, probably, a guy that's going to typically go toward the end of the second round and and certainly by the end of the third uh, I would peg him as a, you know, probably a 22 to 32 ranked player uh, for most people playing in that format. You know, if startups started today uh, and they will start, you know, in just a few short weeks. So um, good breakdowns on Alave, like some of the, uh, the historical context you had there, Dave, let's get a, a transition and veer into talking about his former college teammate, Garrett Wilson.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm excited
2: about this one.
1: Yeah, let me set the table. I I (laughs) want to, and I know you are just such a huge Wilson fan too. Like just going back to, uh, the 2022 wrote of uh, dynasty rookie draft guide uh, process. You know, you were the one that was still like, you were like, took the longest time to even finally put Brees Hall above Garrett Wilson. Like you yeah. came out right away and you had Wilson as your one, one, like you really were planting your flag there. And I mean, that's turned out to be a great stance to have, have taken certainly don't, doesn't look foolish um, given the benefit of the data that we gathered over the, you know, the rookie season here, you know, as, as, Kind of, uh, I guess, unimpressive as Olave's quarterback play was in twenty twenty two. I mean, Wilson's was was just totally a Jekyll and Hyde situation. And when you when you pull out the RotoViz uh, game splits app and and you just split Garrett Wilson's games by uh, games with Zach Wilson and games without Zach Wilson, I, I mean. It, I think it's pretty safe to say, like, as long as Zach Wilson isn't going to be Garrett Wilson's quarterback moving forward, we can be extremely excited, you know, with it, it does seem like there, there's there's a requisite level of quarterback quality of play that eventually affects a wide receiver like, yep, you know, with Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson averaged 8.8 PPR and a nine game sample. You know, it's basically 50 yards a game on six targets, no touchdowns. In the eight games with either Mike White or Joe Flacco, Garrett Wilson, 17.29 PPR per game. Paced for 294 PPR as a rookie. Half touchdown a game. That's as impressive as it gets. Paced for 196 targets uh, and nearly 1,400 receiving yards. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like waiver wire fodder versus yep. league winner. Um. You know, the, the the shaky quarterback play did lead him to have you a know, different type of season from an efficiency standpoint. You can kind of even hear where that was going, you know, hearing that his targets, you know, number was so high in those games with the other quarterbacks, but yet, you know, still only pacing for 1,400 yards and a half touchdown a game. But, I mean, geez, he finished sixth amongst all wide receivers and targets as a rookie. He was 12th in air yards. That was more of a function of total volume than it was um, in – Uh, Chris Olave's uh, situation. Garrett Wilson used a little bit differently, 10.4 air yards per target, which was wide receiver 54. So, you know, sometimes if you just look at raw air yards, you know, it can be misleading. You know, obviously all air yards are, you know, know, good uh, in terms of, you know, having opportunity to score on big plays. But, you know, there's, you can be a compiler or you can be an explosive player. And Wilson was a bit more of a compiler. Um, in year one, but I mean 14th in receiving yards, 13th in expected points per game. And uh, man, it really just seems like it, I mean, what would the season have looked like if he just didn't have those games with Zach Wilson? You know that's what that's the funnest part for me to envision. So you know, I, I'll kind of sum my piece up here and then you can add the historical context. I've got you know, Garrett Wilson, um, I mean he's he's firmly in my top 10 dynasty receivers and, and climbing, he's probably going to be in my top five. You know, the only players that I feel pretty confident about putting ahead of him, you know, right now, based off of their quarterback situation and their roles, you know, obviously you've got Justin Jefferson, you've got Jamar Chase. Yep. You know, I'm, I've warmed up to keeping CeeDee Lamb uh, in that territory now with what we've seen here recently. And after that, I think you can argue for him, you know, over about anyone. I, I've got him kind of neck and neck with Amon Ross St. Brown which I think is totally fair, but you know, you would almost worry maybe that St. Brown could take a little bit of a, a hit next year as Jamison Williams takes a step forward. Wilson's already proved that he could, you know, kind of push Corey Davis and Elijah Moore out of the picture. I think Wilson, you know, probably should already be above T Higgins in most ranking sets. Um, I think it's fair to have him, you know, even or ahead of AJ Brown, you know, that this is the, this is the level that we're at here, man. I mean, he if anyone is set to really explode and 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 be part of like the special sauce for winning fantasy leagues in 2023 i think it probably is Garrett Wilson so let's let's see what the historical context says you know am i being too hyperbolic or you know are his are his rookie season sims and comps you know that good
2: well just so everybody at home knows i am smiling from ear to ear right now <laughs> i mean this this breakdown from you there has me very excited. And the thing is, right, you mentioned uh had he not had those games with Wilson, what would things might have even looked like? You could probably make that argument with many of the players that land um you know up high in this list, but the thing is you really don't even need to. It's impressive on its own just the way it played out. Now, he doesn't finish quite as high as Olave across all of the stats but still like olave in the top 20 on the majority of them so receptions per game he comes in at 4.6 out of those 339 wide receivers in our sample here he ranks 18th targets per game garrett wilson was at 8.3 that's ninth yards per game garrett wilson was down at uh, 63.4. That's still 19th touchdowns per game, which he paced ahead of uh, Olave in. He was down a bit further outside of the top 20. Uh, and then if you look at receiving target share per game with 24% Curtis, he was at 12 also through the 17 games or excuse me, the 16 games that you get when you chop off, um, week 18, only 11 wide receivers finished ahead of him in yards, and only a total of 13 went for more than a thousand in that 16 game season. So from that perspective, an equally impressive performance, I actually think when you when you fully break it down, Uh, either way though, he and Olave just finishing in a group with just very, very, uh, accomplished companies. So you really have to like that. Then if we drill into the players that he's most similar or that he had a most similar rookie campaign to when you match up and you look for players with stats that were very similar, you also get Andre Johnson, Dwayne Bowe, Omari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Justin Blackman, Eddie Royal, Sammy Watkins, Jalen Waddell, St. Brown, Drake London, Deshaun Jackson, T. Higgins, Jarvis Landry, A.J. Green, Devonta Smith. There's a lot of overlap with the names. Sure, some different. But one of the reasons that you're getting that overlap is they both got themselves into this group with that elite company. Um, Where there's only so many guys that as rookies start approximating a thousand yards, you know, that stuff starts to really filter players out of those that you could match with. Uh, So what you're seeing from a historical perspective here with both of these guys is huge because if you look at those players that they land with and you look at their year n plus one, you look at their sophomore campaign those stats tend to hold. And with these types of players, you have strong correlations in many of those measures year over year early on in their career. So there's just a lot to be excited about.
1: Yeah, uh, I was looking for even among non-rookies, you know, kind of similar recent seasons by young guys that produce their points in the same way uh, that that Wilson did. And, And maybe even on weak quarterback play. And an example that comes to mind is 2020 Deontay Johnson. So year two Deontay Johnson, you know, starts to get into that target hog territory. You know, he's not necessarily a huge downfield threat doing most of his damage on an intermediate basis. Not a huge yak guy. Uh, Wilson's better in yak category than, than Deontay was, uh, that year, almost doubled up his yak per reception, but areas per target almost identical. Um, you know, but the, the, the leap that Johnson took from 2020 to 2021, and I think in some ways it kind of makes sense that it was year three for Johnson versus, you know, potentially being a year two upcoming for Wilson uh, because, you know, you know, with Johnson being a, a lower drafted prospect and, you know, coming into a bit of a more talented uh, wide receiver core there in, in Pittsburgh, despite, you know, Roethlisberger's limitations already at that point in his career – you know, taking an extra year for Johnson before that leap, but he finishes wide receiver eight in his third year now with 280, you know, PPR. And, you know, I think that's the type of leap that, you know, we could see for Wilson in year two. So, you know, top, you know, a, a middling to top half wide receiver one in terms of potential overall raw targets, you know, a wide receiver one profile and expected points per game, you know, top 12 in receptions. Um, probably not a league leader in, in in touchdowns, but really getting there as a function of of volume and just, you know, being able to get open even when the other team knows he's getting the ball. Like I think that's that is the path that Garrett Wilson is headed down. And he would be amongst the players that I'd be most excited to try to acquire in you know existing dynasty leagues this offseason. And certainly in startups will be, you know, a big time target. One thing that's fun in Superflex startups is you know, the value that it pushes, it can push to you even amongst the young receivers as people are clamoring to get their quarterback two or, you know, taking that running back one, even though they might be in their mid twenties in that round two or round three of a startup, I think Wilson's going to be, I mean, just one of the most exciting picks that you can make in startups, Dave. So uh, it's great to hear like the list of looks like guys uh, that you were able to pull from the screener and man, you know, I, I can't wait to, to get through more of these rookies you know, I think in the next episode we're going to talk about uh, Drake London and Traylon Burks, and then and, and probably next week or potentially in a bonus episode this week we'll get to some of the guys that had a little bit more of a a rocky start with some you know real high points and low points. You know, players like George Pickens and uh, Wandale Robinson and, and the like. I mean, we still got to figure out what to do with those players before you know we really know how to slot in the upcoming twenty twenty three rookies. And man, this is just gonna be so much fun over the next week or so.
2: Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dave CabinF and at C Patrick NFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.